Welcome to the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced runner and running physiotherapist. I created this podcast not only so I had an excuse to talk running each and every week, something that I love to do, but more importantly, this podcast gives me the opportunity to interview fellow runners, friends and health professionals in a relaxed and easygoing format. This podcast is designed for the everyday runner, so we can all live, learn, grow and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 35 of the Run Culture Podcast. Today I have the pleasure to interview Richard Huggins. Richard Huggins was recommended by three of the previous coaches that I've interviewed, Lisa Verstratton, Adam Didick and Rod Griffin. He has been a mentor to so many coaches. He's been around the athletics world now for a long time. We go over how he got into athletics and, and athletics coaching himself, his own marathon career, how he started just coaching little athletics, not knowing much about the sport, how he learned a lot about the sport, his philosophies, how he developed such a great team culture down at Knox Athletics Club, how he's managed to transform and keep so many junior and kid athletics superstars in the sport to become senior superstars, his involvement with athletes such as Jeff Risley, Jordan Williams, James Hansen, Tom Forthorpe, Zach Patterson, Melissa Duncan, Kayla McKnight, Zoe Buckman and Vicky Mitchell, to name just a few of the elite athletes he's been the coach of. It's a great interview. I can understand why Richard is recommended by so many coaches as a coach to go to. He's got such a calm, easygoing, approachable demeanour. He's very knowledgeable and has got so much experience Uh, I really enjoyed this chat. I caught up with Richard just at the old Waverley footy ground and at the cafe there and just had a bit of a a coffee coffee with him and a bit of breakfast. Um, Yeah, fantastic chat. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. All right, welcome back to episode 35 of the Run Culture podcast. Today I'm fortunate to uh, catch up with Richard Huggins just at um, the cafe at Waverley Park Footy Ground. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the podcast, Richard. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. Thank, thanks so much for um, yeah um, donating your time to have a bit of a chat. Um, I wanted to start with Richard just um, a bit about your journey into athletics and how you got started with coaching. Okay, I thought that'd be the first question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually started coaching little ats uh, back in the um, early 80s, probably around 84, down at Knox. And uh, the story is that um, we went down there one night with the kids and the kids' friends, and they were all fairly young, and uh, there was no coaches down there to coach. And all these kids are uh, around the boundary just waiting to get onto the track. And anyway, um, a friend of mine said, Huggins, um, you can run, you must be able to coach. And he basically threw me over the fence. <laughs> um, I started doing a bit of long jump with the, the, the kids and, you know, I'd let them have a jump and just pat them on. They'd say, great jump, Johnny. Did not, nothing about, uh, there was no, um, 
uh, logic to the to <laughs> what I was giving him yep. in those early days. And anyway, then from there, I um, uh, I thought I'd better learn a little bit about this, and uh, I um, I went and did a coaching course, a level one, yep. with Track and Field Coaches Association, a guy by the name of Tom Hancock, and with the level one, you had to know all the disciplines. I don't know if it's the same now, but back then you had to go through the, all the disciplines. Oh, so throws and jumps and... Yeah, yep. everything. And um, so, but it was good. It was about a, uh, I think it was something like about a 10-week course or something like that. So a couple of hours a night for 10 weeks. But um, yeah, yep. and that kicked me off into, into coaching. Okay. And then, um, so you were a bit of a runner yourself. Um, a, I've heard that you did quite a few marathons. Yep, 30, yeah. I've done 33. I've finished 33. Finished 33? Yeah. I ran, ran 35 and I finished 33. Okay, yeah. and um, what what um, what was your passion with running? Like, um, were you doing it to try to get better or did you just enjoy it or? Um, no, it all, that, that part of it started back when I was probably, I'd started my own business and um, I was probably six years into running my own business and um, I got sick, pretty sick and I had some breathing difficulties and anyway, my wife called the ambulance round and it turned out to be uh, not a heart attack, which I thought it might have been because I had these chest pains. Um, it was um, congestion on the lungs okay. and, and um, I went to my local doctor and he was a runner and he said, take up running and you'll, it'll fix, it'll cure that. Yeah. And um, yeah. I started walking between lampposts and jogging between lampposts. Then I joined um, a couple of running clubs, including the Masters, um, Victorian Masters, and um, Knox. And uh, I basically, yeah, started running from there. Yeah, and then yeah. Mad Mates were running, you know, fun runs and marathons. Yep. And, and uh, so I joined in with them. And, and did that help the lungs and the breathing? Oh, yeah. 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 And the heart. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and what what business? i got an electrical contracting business. Yeah. I'm sort of retired now, but I still have a bit of a finger in the pie. My son runs it with my, my business partner. Yep. And, um, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been going since 1976. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's quite a, quite a good business. It runs really well. Okay. And with the marathons, um, what was what, what have been some of your greatest memories um, uh, in your own running? Um, um, I just used to love doing the, the fun runs with all the people. You know, just the smell of the yeah. of the liniment and all <laughs> that. Just you know, and it was you'd be hyped up. You'd have your black coffee before you started the run. Thick black coffee and. Yeah, and um, uh, but we ran. Uh, I probably the most marathons I've run in a year was I think I ran seven in 1987, I think it was. Yeah, okay. 86 or 87. Um, my first marathon was 83. Um, I collapsed in the 84 and didn't finish. Um, Is this Melbourne? Big M, Melbourne Mar Marathon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got to I could see the finish line and. Um, yeah, I just uh, ran out of steam. Jeez. I had heat stroke and yeah, yeah. I ended up a mess in hospital. <laughs> yeah. 
What did you get your time down to? Uh, I was never a superstar, but I'd, yeah. um, I think it's two forty-five something or two forty. Nice. Two forty-five, two forty-four. Yeah. 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 Two forty-four. I think it was. Yeah. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back from old diaries and check. But I used to keep a diary and <laughs> I used to try to run between one hundred and one hundred and sixty k's a week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And then with the coaching, when did that sort of become more than more than just um, well, participation and encouraging the kids to have a go and and become more of a thing? Yeah, I I, um, I coached the laths and um, I so I went right through the little laths um, stuff with my kids and then I kept it going through uh, two or three years later and I was I was coaching um, a group of my sons, my older sons, mates in a relay, in relays, and that would have been under 15 or under 14 or something. Um, and uh, anyway, we were about to, we started talking about seniors, and I said, oh, you're going to go, you know, you really, and there were some really good runners in amongst that group, and I said, look, you really should go under seniors and, and run seniors, and you know, there's good senior coaches down at Knox, and Anyway, they basically said, "Well, we're not going to, we're not going to. Um, if you don't coach us, we're not going to do it. Do it." So that's what got me down to Knox Seniors at the time, which was Knox Men's and Women's clubs. And they were basically two separate clubs. And um, I, um, yeah, then one of the coaches um, gave it away um, for family reasons, and who was that? Um, Leif Garander, his name was. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you remember. No. He had, there was Pam Turney had the major group, but she trained mainly in the city. Yep. And um, the late Pam Turney. And um, uh, Leif had, have uh, quite a big group at Knox. Anyway, he left and I took that group over, plus with the guys that I was, I probably had about 10 or 12 from the lads yep. that I was coaching at the time and four seniors and anyway um, I remember Beth Byers who uh, is a, I think a, um, and Hazel Vaughan uh, they're both um, Victorian as Victorian life members um, asked me he said oh, would you coach seniors you know and um, you know take the group over and I said yeah so um, basically the Leaf Garanda's group was we, was split up Pam took a lot of the girls yep. and I took a lot of the boys and some of the girls and then from there it just gradually built up and yep. yeah so okay yeah and like yeah because for as long as I've known you you've sort of been um yeah Knox through and through and that's what I sort of associate Knox with yeah. um so from there is that when you started training at the police paddocks and list the field and yeah um, um the police paddocks. We used to play, uh, train at Churchill Park. Okay. Um, but there was a, um, a very pretty unfortunate incident happened there, and um, we left. We got away from um, police paddocks, and that's when we started training down in um, uh, police paddocks. We got away from Churchill Park. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, moved to police paddocks, and um, I got got out there with the wheel and measured all the different runs that we could run and. And we made up a list of them and, and uh, it started, I think that was around about 2003 okay. or 2002. Um, Jeff 
I don't think trained ever with us at Churchill Park. For example, Jeff Risey, but he did. I remember him training with us in the very, very early days at, at Police Paddocks. Yep. And um, then we started to get other coaches interested. Um, um, and it just went on from there. And, you know, we had Tom Kelly and, and would occasionally bring a group over. Yep. Um, you'd have, um, uh, who else? Quite a few of them. There's Rod, I think Rod Kelly is down there. Yep. Um, still having a group. You've got Gavin Burren down there now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the older ones, well, Nicky used to bring some of the... And he's up at Tim, Tim O'Shaughnessy sometimes. Tim O'Shaughnessy is still there. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, yeah, there's quite, there was quite a few of the old coaches. Pam Turney often brought some of the girls down. Yeah. Um, Nick had sent some of his guys and girls down. Yeah. At the time. You know, I remember one time there we had, uh, I think it was five, five Olympians. <laughs> and the kids training around with the Olympians. Yeah. The other famous episode down there is we had the Kenyans down there. Oh, really? Yeah, more than once, probably two or three times <laughs> in a period of a couple of years. How did that happen? Um, uh, Murray Plant yep. brought them down, yep. um, and they wanted to see kangaroos, so they knew oh, yeah. there was kangaroos, but you'd have David Rashido down there, <laughs> yep. um, and his group, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, but, uh, well, yeah, like, I think that sort of, like, brings me to the next question, like, um, you've been really good at as a coach establishing um a, a big group and a group that grew pretty fast um what do you think was the um secret ingredient behind that growth and 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 all those runners staying with the sport and not dropping out uh keep them interested um yeah. give them belief yeah uh, i was always um i've always been a very positive guy and I'm never ever negative. Now, I can always find, and I used to say that to the athletes, and still probably do, is out of negatives you can find a lot of positives. You know, you have a crap run, but that crap run, the work you've done in that crap run, uh, could turn into a brilliant race you do in two weeks' time or the week after. Yep. So, so don't don't um, don't think that's the end of the world because you have a, a bad run, for example. So I was always very very positive and. Still am very, very positive. I'm just a positive person. Yep. Um, and uh, I think the way the group developed, you get one or two really good athletes and it, and I've noticed it with most groups, and they start to perform well, it tends to bring the other ones on to say, and they think, and I used to give them that, yep. those thoughts too. Yep. And, you know, Jeff Rising can do it. Jordan yep. Williams, why can't you do it? Yeah. You know? Yep. And there were times when, say, a Jordan, Geordie Williams was maybe going to throw the towel in. I remember one night there, he was, he'd had a bad run on the Saturday and he was really disappointed. Yep. Um, and uh, I remember, you know, um, two or three weeks later, he was blitzing everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a lot of it's belief. And, yep. And, um, you know, I've always believed in the athletes and believed in what they could achieve. Yeah. You know? And I, I really tried to get the best out of the athletes. And you don't have, don't have to kill an athlete to get the best out of them, you know? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's probably... Because, um, like, looking back at um, a list of some of the athletes um, that you've played a pivotal part in their careers, like, 
yeah, Jeff Risley, um, yeah, the yeah, Jordan Williams, um, yeah, Melissa Duncan, uh, yeah, Hayley McGregor, Vicky Mitchell. Yeah. Um, well, I got I actually that's you know like Vicky yeah. Mitchell. I I probably kept her in running because she was horse riding. Yeah. And the mother wanted her to to ride, and um, yeah, there was uh, a coach up in. Um, I forget the name of the town now, but um, up on the way to Euroa, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Um, no, Benella. Benella. And um, he, uh, Vicky used to go from Mansfield over to Benella and do the lass there. And um, then when it got into seniors, he didn't want to carry on with her. So I had her as a junior, um, senior, basically a junior senior from the age of about 16. And um, then... Uh, I, she ran for Knox for a couple of years, two years, and um, then went to, uh, and she was a 1500 metre runner then, and didn't, wasn't even interested in steeple. Yep. Then um, she got into Ballarat Uni. I rang Rod Griffin up and said, I've got this girl, Rod, that, yep. you know, can you take her over for me? I said, it's no use me trying to coach her down here when you're up there. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, so yeah, Rod took on and did wonders with her, and then yep. she went to US and moved into Steeple, and and she's yeah. ran um, uh, three Olympic Games, I think. Yeah, at least three. Yeah. Yeah, 2000, 2008, 2012, 2016, the same as Jeff Bryson. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that's uh, her story. Yep. Haley was a good young junior who. Um, probably was, thought she was a sprinter and I sort of talked her into maybe having a crack at eights and fifteens and, and um, I still see Hayley now and again quite a bit because yep. they live fairly local, her and Simon Field, Fieldy. Um, and um, yeah, and then again I put her under Pam Turney and uh, she went from Pam and then over to Nick and she ran 2004 Olympics. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Yeah. It must be pretty fulfilling seeing some of those athletes that you've coached as kids um, you, you know, go on yeah. and, and, and make it to the yeah. highest level. Yeah. The, yeah. Other, the other thing I, yeah. I did with all these athletes yeah. is, um, and not everyone can do it, yeah. but I'm, I was in the fortunate position that I could, A, because I've got a brilliant wife yeah. um, <laughs> and she loves to travel and I you know, enjoy a bit of travel. And... Um, We'd go out, like when Haley ran in Greece, we went over and watched a race. Um, I've seen Vicky race many a times, um, but all the athletes, if they make a, an Australian team, I've always said, if you make an Australian team, well, I'll get to get over and see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, got a little bit, got a little bit of a log jam because I had so many competing at one stage <laughs> overseas yep. that I couldn't get to. You know, oh. to every event. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, well, um, yeah, I was, I was talking. I've, I've chatted to Rod Griffin um, on this podcast earlier um, in the year, and he did make mention of that. That um, uh, you went over to Europe for Athletics Australia to find a bit of a training base for, for. Is that how it worked um, at one point? At Col- like, yeah. yeah, well, Cologne yeah. it yeah. was. Um, how did you yeah. um, find, 
find that or recommend that? Um, it was actually recommended by um, AA because uh, they had, they had um, with Cologne, and it started around about 2013, I think, um, it, it, it was to, um, uh, to do with, um, uh, they'd had, the, the throwers had been, uh, the jumpers had been there for the pole vaulters, for example, um, Leverkusen, which is right next to Cologne, yep. um, the pole vaulters, and then you had um, Gary Burns' uh, long jumpers uh, in Cologne, and we they decided to um, have a look at it and set it up. So I actually went over there and had a look, um, and uh, uh, yeah, then in 2014, before the... Um, Commonwealth Games, it became a training base. Yep. And a lot of athletes went. Um, if they weren't there, they were in London with Nick Badeau. But they were the two training places at the time. And then we kept Cologne going right up until... Um, la- not last year, the year before. Um, two th- about 2017, was we went to Leuven in Belgium. A, because... It, um, we were getting more medical support there, um, and B, it was cheaper accommodation for the athletes, and the accommodation was a little bit easier to get in yep. Leuven. Leuven is a beautiful little village, basically. It's a it's a walled, old walled ancient town in Belgium, and um, it's yeah, re- really nice, quite small, a university town, um, but really good training facilities. Yeah, okay. and, Good coffee shops. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. 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 And then over the over the years, um, what what have who who's been some of your biggest inspirations in terms of um, um, as you've learned as you've gone in terms of learning how to um, coach um, distance runners as well. Yeah. Oh, I used to read a lot of I've read just about every running book. I think I've got yep. quite a extensive library at home. Uh huh. Um, but uh, I'm not mentioning the Australian coaches for now, but yep. of course, um, Peter Coe, yep. um, Frank Horwell, um, Harry Wilson, who were British coaches that yep. coached, that between those three, they coached um, uh, England's top athletes in the 1970s, 80s, 90s. Um, yeah, and the the readings of the books, and uh, I read quite a bit of the of East German and Russian stuff. But then, when you realise, when you started to read about their athletes, yeah. you don't know who was doped or Clean not. Or, yeah. Yeah. So um, I tended to go with the with the Brits. Yep. And some of the American stuff, and um, yeah, and that's where I based a lot of my training. Yep. In the early days on that. Who in, uh, who in America were you influenced by? Um, yeah. uh, Bowman, of course. Yep. Um, uh, who else? I was influenced by a little bit of Salazar at the, yep. until recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. But just, I like their systems now. The Americans have got it. I think they've got the system pretty well worked out. Yep. Um, Australian coaches, of course. Uh, I, Nick Badeau has always has been an influence to me. Of course, uh-huh. I, yeah, I'd have to say that. Yep. Um, uh, also, uh, Scrivo and yep. and um, 
and Peter Fortune. Yep. Um, they've been Nicky Frey has been an influence. Rod has been an influence. All the coach Tommy Kelly's been a tremendous influence on me. But yep. probably most of all, um, Pam Turney. Yep. Um, has been the sheer to Pam would, you know, everything uh, with Pam is. The old saying is you, she calls a spade a spade. Yeah. So if she thought you were doing something that she thought was dumb, yep. you'd soon, soon know about it. it. Yeah. You know, and you'd, she'd just look you in the eye and shake her head, yep. roll her eyes, and you knew you were in a bit of trouble. Yeah. But she was a great mentor to me, as with Tommy Kelly and, yep. and the others I've just mentioned. Uh-huh. And I'm sorry if I missed out on a couple, but, um, you know, they've been influenced to me. So I said Trevor Vincent yep. has been a... Um, an influence to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been very, very lucky that I've had, uh, you know, um, um, people around me that have basically I've learned off and supported supported me yeah. um, all the way through. Glenis Nunn has been a great influence to me. Uh-huh. I've never seen any anybody more determined than Glenis. Uh-huh. Um, no wonder she won a gold medal. But in um, LA, she is you know, a very determined, focused woman. Um, some of the New South Wales coaches, Ian Hatfield, is yep. a good friend. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Adam Diddick is great. Uh, I've learned, you learn off Adam Diddick and you can also give a lot to Adam Diddick. He's yep. been really good. Yeah, so oh. I'm lucky to know coaches from all over Australia and all over the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, you've listed so many people there, so like obviously, um, it shows that you know you you realise that everyone's got some value to add and um, oh, yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah and you, you're yeah. never too old to learn you know I'm 74 yeah. now but geez yeah. you know I still I still learn a bit yeah you know, yeah. yeah and then like um uh, like you just before we we're having a bit of a chat uh, how um yeah Jeff Risley and and um, the squad's going at the moment um uh, like in terms of a typical um, tra- training week um, right now. Um, yeah, what what have you sort of? Um, uh, is it always changing um, your your training week, or have you learnt that um, uh, there's there's always got to be a certain type of training each week um, well, and a certain stimulus? Yeah. Um, there's key sessions that the boys yeah. like. Yeah. And um, uh, there's you know the certain sessions that, for example, Jeff's a, an easy one to give an example to because. He's been in the game for so long, but he knows what sort of key session he needs at the time to get him to get him right. Yeah. Um, he, he he's um, very fortunate. He got a really good base. He had a winter season in in Australia last year, first time for probably ten plus years. Yep. And um, he. Um, that's that's done him really fantastically aerobically. Yeah. Um, but he's just starting to, well, I won't say just, but over yep. the last five or six weeks, he's started to hit um, more of the anaerobic stuff. Yeah. Um, which he did need, and um, he's he's really starting to hit his straps. Um, it's it's not going to be easy for him this year because you've got the Peter Bowles and and uh, Joe Dings that are absolutely flying and. And you got Dylan Stenson over in South Australia that's um, running very, very well at the moment. 
Yeah. Um, you Luke Matthews, of course, and then you got Josh Ralph coming back. So it's not going to be not going to be easy, but um, it's a great challenge to have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, so, like at the moment. Um, you're still like very heavily involved with um, the coaching. Is it mainly with um, Jeff and um, and uh, James Hansen and Tom Forthorpe and yeah. Zach Patterson? Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And there's a couple of other people I coach. Yeah. Um, I've been coaching for years. I just write basically write their programs. Okay. But um, let, with with those four boys. Yeah. Um, basically, the way training works out, I'm. I, I class myself more as a an advisor now, yeah. not not as a coach, yep. um, because they know they basically know what they need to do. It's just giving your opinion, um, yep. giving them a bit of direction. So if you like something, you say you like it. If you think it can be improved slightly, you say let's improve it. Let's yep. do it this. Um, if they don't, if if say a Jeff says I oh, know I'm pretty happy doing it this way you just go go with it yep. and Andrew actually worked in a very very similar way okay uh, Andrew Russell with Jeff yeah um, Jeff loves to give input and I I must admit personally I really like him giving input yeah um, it shows his interest in it and yep. uh, he normally works better when he's got his own input yeah into it um, same with James um, Zach's, uh, he'll, he'll basically stick a little bit more with a, with a program. And um, uh, Tommy's the same. If Jeff's doing 6x1K or 8x1K, Tommy will do the 8x1K. And then when it comes to um, a little bit more specificity, which he was going to run 5 and 10Ks this year yep. um, before he got it built, um, he would that's when the the work would be focused more on those events for for Tom. Um, yep. Zach, because of his Achilles, just got to keep, it's, it's, it's just a little bit at the time, but he's probably had his best training week uh, or last couple of weeks, uh, been his best two weeks where he hasn't had any uh, impinging on his yep. um, Achilles. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, and it's just something that it's got that's got to be managed. Yep. And it's um, really probably up to Zach more to manage it. And um, but hopefully, like I said, he, if he uh, if he gets over to Flagstaff and then comes back and runs a, a good winter season, um, that'll be it'll kickstart him. That if he does get to Flagstaff, it'll just fire him right up. And yep. Yeah, but no, he's going he's going well. So how long are you guys um, planning to go to Flagstaff? Uh, Jeff will be there about a bit over a month. Yeah. Um, I'll be there about a bit over two weeks. Yeah. Um, just planning to leave when Liz and Luke leave on about the 3rd, uh, 3rd or 4th of uh, April. Um, I'm planning on going about the 12th to 14th and I'll be over there. So I'll be there two to three weeks. And then we, um, we we'll go up to Stanford or Oxy from there and run a, a, at least one race, maybe two, and then it'll be over to Europe from there. Yeah. And um, I'll come home and then go to Europe. Um, but Jeff 
we'll probably go direct to Europe. Okay. And uh, we'll have a week or 10 days or so at home and then head over to, to uh, Belgium. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And so you've seen those guys do a lot of hard sessions over the years. Um, is, is there any sessions, and I'm probably putting you on the spot a little bit, that really stand out as like some of the hardest sessions and most amazing sessions or workouts that you've ever seen them do? Um, well, back when I was younger, I used to give them a thing called a um, Sebco, which Gavin Burren still gives the uh, the um, the guys. It's a speed session, uh, eight fifteen hundred meter run session. Do you know that session? Do you? No, know? I don't know it. Yeah. Um, basically, what it is it? There's there's a couple of variations, but the variation we used with the younger ones was um, you'd run a hundred at fifteen uh, fifteen hundred pace. Yep. So, which is pretty easy. And then you'd have um, a head, which is had on the back straight, every 10 metres to the 200 mark. Yeah. And basically by the time you got to 150 metres, you're running at 800 pace. By the time you got to the 200 mark, you're running at 400 pace. So, for example, if you ran a, um, if your PB 400 was a 64, 400. Yeah you have to run that in 27, yep. for example, yeah, the last okay. 200. So a good speed session. So you're basically building up this lactic acid because you're going every 10 metres, and I'd have a little mass calculation, yep. and I'd print off a sheet and give it to each of the athletes, yep. and they'd have to step that through and okay. do that. I mean, you'd vary it some nights depending on how the athlete, um, uh, how their fitness level were. I mean, if they weren't at, if they weren't, ready for race pace stuff you'd slow it down a bit um, so for example their last uh, 200 might be in um, 29 or 28 or something like that but it's just yep. incremental okay. um, it's about 11 different runs and they just jog or walk as they got past 150 they could walk back yep. to the start um, but up to 150 they used to jog back and okay. Gav Barron still gives that session now and again, um, it's a good session, maybe a couple of weeks out from racing. Yep. Um, so what is it? So you do 100 metres uh, at 1500 pace, and then you just you keep keep going, and then you get faster and faster. Over you gradually get you're, you're accelerating all the time. Yep. So it's an acceleration. So it's called an acceleration drill. Yep. And that was one of the fun sessions. All the guys used yep. to really enjoy that. Yep. That session. Uh, as they get older, it's a little bit harder because it's probably Sebco did it when he was um, uh, young and I don't know how long he followed on for but I know he, he did it up and until he was you know 2021 20, um, uh, but uh, yeah it's it, it's not an easy session sounds easy but it's not an easy session yeah um, I can uh, send you a copy of it if you want. Yeah, no, that'd, you can that'd be awesome. Have a bit of fun with it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, um, but another, another, yeah. a, a good step down is another one which the yeah. boys are still current with. In other words, you, you, you're stepping down from either a 2k or a mile, and you're stepping down in 400 incre increments. Yep. Um, until you get down to say 400, then a, a 200. Yep. And the pace is gradually getting quicker all the time as you, as yep. you're. Um, stepping down um that's it that's another good session um yeah the um another the 1k is also a, 
a common session on usually on a Saturday. If it's either police paddocks or Birdsland or now Princess Park or um, it depends where we can find a group to train with more these days. Yep. And that's where we've, we've been making good contact with Liz Matthews and um, uh, Peter Burke and a couple of the um, you know the guys on the west side of town. Um, and uh, we get together and try to do at least one session, possibly sometimes two sessions a week with them. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then are there any other sessions um, that you're you know, really like um, giving as well, like as a bit of a staple well, in terms I, of. Getting, I used to give yeah. a brutal session yeah. at the start of um, cross country. Yeah. After track, after that had a bit of a break. Yep. I'd put him into this thing where we'd um, it was called zigzags, where you'd you'd map out a K of zigzagging in the middle of the track. Oh yeah. So, and the in infield, and um, so it might be um, uh, say 100 meters by 10 to give you 1k yep. and uh, so, and they'd have to run so they'd start off accelerating they'd run uh, at a good steady pace till they got to the in the hat at the other end yep. and they'd have to de-accelerate but as they turn the corner they'd accelerate it's a really good drill for you know, for acceleration de-acceleration there's a smaller version of that that you use for, for um, track Yep. which was um, uh, 50 metres, so it would be, um, sorry, 30 metres. So they'd do 30 metre accelerations up to 150 metres and they'd jog back around and do it again. Okay. And it's all this de acceleration, de-acceleration, acceleration, de-acceleration, which was really, the, the long one was more conditioning, but the fast one was develop speed yep. and acceleration. And, um, yeah, they were good really good sessions and with the the um, short one like how many repetitions of those 30 Depen meter? depended on the athlete yeah yeah you know you try to get um, uh, you know yep. six to ten yep. sessions out of them they'd do something before they'd probably run a maybe it depending on the athlete again they'd run a um, if it was a guy they'd run a mile in anywhere between 70s and uh, 74s you know, and uh, um, if it was a girl, they'd be running around anywhere between 80s and 90s. Yeah, okay. um, and uh, uh, so they do a bit of aerobic stuff first, and then they yep. get into that session. And then if they felt okay, we'd maybe do another 1200 of aerobic yeah, okay. at the end. Yeah. So would you often do some of those mixed kind of sessions where um, you focus a bit on threshold and then? Yeah. Um, we yeah. we even now. Yeah. Those sessions are basically key sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Jeff always likes to start off with them. Either a 1200 or a mile, he feels naked if he does not start off with a, anything that's a little bit longer first. Yeah, okay. You know, something that he can rock around in 70s. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, have a three or four minute break after that and then he'll get into his whatever session. Almost just helps really warm him up. And he, he does. Yeah. 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 I think it's a bit of a Nick Badeau thing too. Nick always yep. used to start with something longer at the start of the session. Yep. Probably that's where it was picked up from. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Um, yeah. This is going to be a hard question, but um, you're telling it, you, you've coached a lot of talented runners. Um, who do you feel like, um, looking back on all the runners you've been involved with, was um, yeah, 
up there with the most talented uh, runner you've played, a, you've coached? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't think everyone's lucky enough to get a uh, yeah. um, a Jeff Risey come along yep. and rock up and want to train with you. And um, yeah, I don't think Jeff was, he'd probably get a bit embarrassed <laughs> now, but he was a, a surfy. He used yeah. to love surfing probably more than running. And, he did a bit uh, of football as well, didn't he? Or? Uh, a little bit, yeah. but he reckons he was a bit of a soccer footballer. His brother's <laughs> bro brother is a really good footballer, um, yeah. Michael. But um, yeah, he. Um, I, I, how Jeff came to me was, I got a phone call from his old teacher um, at his school and um, said, I've got this kid. And he said, he likes to muck around a bit. He used a different <laughs> term than that. He said he likes to muck around a bit, but he's really talented kid. Yeah. And um, I probably um, got Jeff. Jeff, um, how can I put it? He, he, I got him to enjoy training. Yeah. And um, which was something I don't think he really would have enjoyed if he, if. Um, if it was maybe one of the other coaches at Knox at the time, mm -hmm. I don't know. But I just felt like, with me, with my dad jokes and all that yep. sort of stuff, he seemed to seem to like it. Yeah. And um, but I mean, you get a Kayla McKnight, you know. And I, I was coaching Kayla when she was probably twelve years old, and little ass, eleven, and she was from the country, from Leangatta. Yeah. And. Um, you know, to have her just go right through, and she was so much fun to coach. Uh, fantastic personality, and um, still have great contact with her even now these days. Uh -huh. uh, just on Kayla, um, probably Eleanor. Pat I'm name dropping here. Eleanor yep. Patterson yep. may not be high jumping right now if it wasn't for Kayla. Oh, really? Uh, Kayla's got a regenerated, and um, yeah, and. Uh, uh -huh. As we know, she's just broken the Australian record. Um, yeah. High jump. Yeah. So, oh, so they quite good. Kayla does a so. lot in the background, believe me. Yeah, yeah. With with athletes and young athletes. Yeah. Uh huh. From especially from down Stony Creek, Lee and Gatherick way. Yeah. 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 Um. But again, you get talented. You get your Geordie Williamses, your um, uh, Melissa Duncan's. Yeah. You know, you, there's there's quite a lot that I can name. Um, there's there's some there that would have been brilliant athletes, but they never went on with it. And, um, probably Ryan um, Patterson yeah. was the one that was, he, he was just a, a junior superstar. And yep. He had the talent to go on and do it, but he just didn't want to do it. I personally think that he used to suffer from um, pressure that he used to put on himself. Okay. Uh, because he was always unbeatable as a yep. junior um, but he was one of the uh, great athletes he was a young girl that used to train with Kayla um, when Kayla was about 16 her name was Marnie Dianamo she basically went through little ass undefeated in four and eight hundreds and um, by the time she got to uh, uh, seniors I think she, I wouldn't say it was burned out but she'd lost interest in it um, and, but she was another um, girl that would have been, I think, been a fantastic athlete. Yep, yep. And it's sad to lose those athletes because you, uh, 
you know, you you put a lot of work into it, and um, but you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't teach it to drink. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. How did you balance um, the, having a business and um, uh, coaching your squad, and then especially as the squad, um, you know, got better and better, and they went from junior athletes to quite elite almost yeah, international athletes like how did you balance you know having well, a business and I probably yeah. if I had a sane wife I'd probably be divorced yeah <laughs> um, but uh, no Lynn my wife has been very very supportive yeah um, there's times when she, I must admit she used to crack it a bit yeah uh, I know coaches go through this yeah um, uh, you know coaches that have got a really great family and they've they, I won't say get torn between the athletes and the family, but um, I couldn't have done it without support of the of my family, including my kids and my wife. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm. I had good people working for me at work, including my partner, um, that uh, would would um, take over when I um, was going on tours overseas or whatever. Um, I used to stay up most of the night writing programs and yeah I don't know how I did it I really don't but um, I don't know how I balance it all but anyway it's seemed to have balanced out alright I used to have everything down to a systems as I'm a real systems guy and yes I'd have uh, a layout of training that I'd know that I'd do and I'd break yeah. that that out of that core training and then I'd have a look at the athletes that I was coaching Yep. at the time and I'd break that training down to tailor it to the athlete yes so everyone was doing something similar but yep. a little bit different yeah um, until it got to the real specific yep. stage uh -huh. you had to try to um, rectify faults or issues with some athletes like poor starts or or whatever where you had to get more into tactics and they, yep. they got a tactics have got to be pretty individual yes to the athlete yeah so yeah yeah I think that's how I did it no it's fantastic and then um like what about even just um I suppose the 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 mental side of um coaching some of the athletes um uh to like there's all that training um and you know making sure that they're fit and everything but then how did how did you also like um yeah, foster their sort of their headspace and I think the, by yeah. just being um, yeah. and I, even now it's still it's the same thing you've got to get into the athletes heads um, or you've got to make them think um, and the way to do it is just being being well for me it just sort of became natural um, yep. I'd always I even now I go on to a line um, I might be in at the warm-up track and um, we've there's been a plan made and I usually leave it to the athletes to make their plan of how they're going to run the race yeah for example I'll go up to James yeah and uh, I'll you know we'll talk about it two or th two or two days or so before or a day before they complete but when you're on the track I'll say well okay okay James what's the plan run through it and we just go through while they're warming up um, this is they're walking back from a you know 100 100 meter stride or something yeah um, 
well, what's how, how are we going to run this? You know, um, so and so is in it. Such as, what are you going to do? Are you going to be in that top four group, or are you going to just hang back a little bit? Until, if it's a bit messy, if you've got a couple of messy runners in there, um, you know, and we just talk that way. Yeah. And you try to keep the athlete. And I think I do have a bit of a gift. Yeah. And, and, is that I can usually keep an athlete fairly calm. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and you know, I know Jeff loves a chat. Um, you know, a little bit of a talk when he's on the line. Yep. Because uh, he suffers. Yep. Nerves. Yep. Bit of anxiety. Yep. Uh, James, you know, you, you go through the things you tick all the boxes when they're doing their run-throughs. Yep. Before they race. Um, you know, your shoulders are a little bit up. Make sure you keep them down. Yep. Get a little bit more drive out of your arms. You know, you just keep tall. Yep. You know, you're leaning forward a bit. So you just go through. Um, so you look at and gauge of how they're going, and you can tell how they're feeling before. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, and then you, um, yeah, ask them what music they're listening to. Yeah. Because everyone's got their pods <laughs> in these days. Yeah. And. Um, so, you know, uh, tell them whether it's crap music or not, <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah. And yeah. it sounds like a lot of it's about knowing the athlete and, um, as Very well, much, like, yeah. yeah, like knowing or getting the, to, knowing the person. Or getting to athlete, getting to know the athlete. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Don't get in their space. I think that's um, one one thing is, and don't be overbearing. Yeah. Because um, I was going to ask about that, like, um, like, how do you know um, when to be a bit more relaxed and, and, and then when to enforce some advice? Like, h- how, do you, how do you know when to... Oh, even what you said about Pam Turney before, how do you know when to say a spade's a spade or, or say something? And then how do you know when to... Um, oh, no, just let, let them go about it and, and pull back? I think yeah. it's just... Um, you read the athlete. Yeah. Um, like, for example, with... Um, you know, I can use Kayla or Jeff. Or Ka- Kayla was used to get um, fairly uptight a, a lot of times before races, and, and you know, like it could be a little thing that might be bugging her. It could be an athlete in the race that might be trying to get into her head. You know, and um, so you you just again you you just try to keep them um, calm and level, and you know. She's got legs. You've got legs, Kayla. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you, you make your legs better than her legs today. That sort of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's different on uh, each day is different. Yep. Um, with the athletes, so. but yeah, it's good to keep them calm on the line, but keep them focused. In other words, like I said, run through. Just let them go through the steps. I think it's a little bit of cleansing for them yep. to do that instead of letting things build up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then if it's a bad race, um, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, I try not to talk about if they've ran pretty badly yep. on a day. Yep. I'd say, look, let's talk about this Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And then you can sort of lay between the eyes of, of you know, what yep. you think about their, what they've done wrong. Um, it's no use talking when they're hyped up and maybe a little bit overexcited or after a race. And like I said, you never tell them 
a race was really, really bad and um, walk away from it. You've got to give the reasons yep. why and, and basically how you can improve. Yeah. You know, like for example, um, uh, Jeff ran Sydney. Uh, he was going to, the plan was he was going to be in that top group at the start, even though it was fast. And it went through in, it was an 800. They went through in um, uh, around high 50s, 50 seconds. Jeff's, if he kept up with that pace, it would have just blown his legs away. Yep. And it would have got into his mind that it, you know. Yep. So he went through in, I think it was 52 something, he went through in. Um, he finished the race the best he's ever finished it, but he came in sixth. Yep. But there was the big improvement over that last 250 metres where he hasn't been able to kick down. Yep. This one he got himself right back at the start of that race. And he, I think he was last at the 400 mark um, or close to last, might have been second last. Yep. Um, but he fought his, fought his way back. And yep. um, between first and sixth, there wasn't a big gap. Yep. You know, um, especially between... Um, third and fourth and fifth and sixth it was a very very close gap mm -hmm. and um so it's no use saying to jeff straight after that race for example you got yourself too far back you know you got to do all that work to get up there and so um so you leave it till the next day or whatever which we did we had yep. lunch or something yep. next morning and you talk about it then and and lots of you go through you know you, if you let if you you're going to lose that amount of space at the start. You've still got to work your butt off to get up, and you're not going to come first. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. Um, we were quite happy with sixth. Yep. At the, because of where he is at the moment. Yep. And I know that when he runs in Brisbane, he's going to yep. improve on that again. Yeah. And the one good thing about over the last three races he's done, eight hundreds, his times just keeping on coming down. Yep. And that's a good sign. You know, yeah, that's so it's, it's not going the other way, it's coming, coming down. Yeah, so it's like taking that step back um, and then leaving it a day or two, yeah. make sure that there's yeah. no, no emotions or attached to it, and yeah. you, you're thinking so, of themselves I mean, positively. Some, if like, they've had a win yeah. and they've made mistakes and they've won, yeah. or they've run a good race, run a good PB or something like that, yeah, yeah you can you can talk about it then, but yeah. you just got to watch their moods, and, yeah. you know, like they're all different, like Melissa Duncan and. Caleb and Knight were two totally different girls to coach. Yes. And you had to treat them totally <laughs> different. You could not treat them the same, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, that's... So, yeah. Um, yeah, just one one more question. Um, I was just wondering, um, what, have, what when you look back on um, your coaching career so far, what have been, like, your best um, memories um, when you look back on it um, so some of the you know whether it's um, a race of one of your athletes or um, even even um, yeah what have, what have been some of the highlights oh there's been yeah. some great highlights yeah. um, a lot of the junior races um, Geordie Williams yeah. um, racing he was such a good racer um, when he was younger he's still good now of course he knows but, how to win a race. Yeah, yeah he does, and he, he's um, he had a very successful career in uh, US yep. with Villanova. Um, a bit of a superstar over there. Um, he, um, but he, he was always good to watch. Yeah, and the race, and he'd, you'd go through your race plan with him, and 
he would just do it to a team. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was he was very very good. I remember watching him at Halebury in the APS um, a few times. One time against Alex Rowe, um, and he seems to find a little bit extra when the there, there's a team environment. Yeah. Um, Alex yeah. Rowe never beat him. Yeah, and that was yeah. in the 800, and yeah. I think he. Um, Around a 150, and I think he went into that race um, as a 155 runner. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I saw that race too. Yeah, <laughs> one of the great all, all schools races, St Kevin's and yeah, Taylor Berry and yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Caulfield Grammar. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Wesley, fantastic. Um, yeah, so um, Jordy, of course, yep. Jeff, Jeff, uh, uh, he was brilliant in Com Games in. 2014. Oh, at Glasgow. Glasgow. Was that yeah. where he came fourth and fourth? Yeah. 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 But he just ran so well. Um, he was at his best peak form. Yep. Uh, that I've seen him in um, was in uh, 2016. No, 2015 in um, Beijing, and unfortunately he tore his planter. Um, uh, he ran the um, semi. He ran the heat and tore his planter. Qualified for the heat, very easy. Uh, ran a 1:45, and he was in the best shape I'd seen him in. But uh, yeah, again, right on the edge. Yeah. You're right on the edge is when you can have injuries, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, I've seen some great races. Kayla, of course, Australian Championships. Some of Melissa Duncan's races. Over the years, it's just been fantastic because she's probably one of the gutsiest athletes I've ever coached. Tough as tough as nails. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. been some good ones. Nice. Maddie Beers win in uh, in Sydney at, at under twenties. Oh yeah. National yeah. championships. Yeah. <laughs> I could name a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well. Um, yeah. Actually, one more question. I just, um, what if you were to give some advice to some buddy and runners, and and if you were to name, you know, you know, the number one thing that you see um, runners just getting into sport doing wrong, like often, um, you know, when they you see them breaking down and getting injured or or underperforming, um, what would you say um, you feel like your number one bugbear is, or, or that you you see that, that people often making a mistake. Um, yeah, from a running training point of view. Yeah, well, if they're coached by somebody else, you've got to be really careful, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, but you just try to give them support. Tell yeah. them they're, they're, I mean, I won't mention the girl's name, but a girl yeah. um, that I spoke to up in Sydney, she ran a pretty poor 1500. It was um, nowhere near her best. And um, I just said, look, have a word to your coach yeah. um, and just say, look, is there any, you know, um, change my training? Yeah. Because um, I think if you can, if you ch- change training around a bit or seem that you're changing training around a bit to freshen them up, yeah. I mean, if they're not used to doing 250s, yeah. give them a 350 so they can't look at their watch and say that 400 is slower than what, you know, so you just yeah. break training up a bit where yep. you're still getting same benefits, um, but it, it can freshen them up a little bit. Yep. Um, change the training around, it works really, that worked really well with 
young athletes, junior athletes, um, if they were having what we call a flat spot. Um, and I used to work most of the time. I'd, by doing that, I'd, I'd um, you know, um, I'd say when you're a junior athlete, uh, work probably more on your on your speed. Yeah. Uh, without going overboard. In other words, injuring yourself. Yeah. Don't want that. But um, really concentrate on speed and technique when you're very young, um, yep. because yep. that will help you when you're older. Make sure you're getting a really good turnover. Um, you're up nice and tall. All the basics of being a um, a good uh, a good looking athlete yep. as far as running goes. Um, the uh, yeah, I think you always keep a bit of a keep the aerobic stuff going, of course, but yeah. um, that can be applied more when they're, um, as they, you know, um, get a little bit older. Yep. Um, yeah. So don't don't keep the training loads reasonable. Um, yeah. So you don't overload the athlete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just don't be prepared to. Um, do a bit of cross training yep. to help the athlete. Um, and just on that, with, with James at the moment, yep. talking to him the other day, I'd like him to do at least one of his training sessions on Older G. I've got a couple uh -huh. of other athletes that I do coach yep. that do a session on Older G once a week. Yep. And that seems to help regards to injuries. Yes. Um, I've spoken to Jeff about that also. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, and just keep that going until you get used to it because you can do some great older G sessions yeah. uh, and get uh, just as much or more benefit out of them than you can if you're on the track. And just re you know? reducing that impact. Yeah, um, reducing the impact. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know, three really great points. I reckon like, um, yeah, mixing the training up if you're in a flat patch um, yeah. and then... Um, yeah, working on speed and technique when you're younger and then um, cross-training and watching your training loads as you yeah. develop. Um, yeah. With, I used to do a little trick. We used to do, we did a lot of training on the grass. That's another thing oh, yeah. I haven't mentioned. But um, yeah. we'd be on the grass basically all winter. And when you're on the grass all winter, you've got to gradually wean the athlete onto the track. So uh -huh. you don't just throw them on a track and, and um, give them sessions because they could break down. I have to apologise, the last two minutes of the recording with mine and Richard's interview cut off. Richard was pretty much just rounding up. What he went on to say here was that, uh, yeah, for a lot of the junior athletes, um, I asked about, oh, how do you introduce spike work as it goes from cross country to track season and how did you manage that with a lot of your athletes? And he, he went on to say that, he did a lot of, uh, yeah, sand running and, and grass running and hill running uh, throughout the season to keep um, their calves and Achilles strong. And he also used long distance uh, spikes compared to, you know, the middle distance or sprint spikes a fair bit. He recommended them because they had a bit more of a heel. Um, so he often used them to wean people into using spikes. Um, so And that's sort of how we finished off our chat and... 
Yeah, I, I must just once again thank Richard and, and I appreciate the time he spent with me and, and the experiences he shared and his life story that he shared. Um, now, I think so many people will gain a lot out of it. Um, yeah, like so many of these interviews, it's just great to hear from one of the um, prominent Australian distance running coaches to, to hear how they think and, and, and their views on certain topics in the running world. So thanks once again, Richard, for sharing sharing this time. And uh, yeah, I hope a lot of you get something out of it. All right, I'll be back next week.